What's going on, folks? It's your boy here, Dr. Sean Thomas, again, back in the building for episode 22 of the Be More Today show. I'm back in the building, folks. I'm so glad to be here. My quotation for today is very, very simple. The only impossible journey is the one you never begin by Tony Robbins. This has been a weird year for everybody, folks, and we're now in the latter portion of 2020. And though we've been through everything from COVID-19 to Black Lives Matter movements to everything under the sun, it's been a good time for us to reflect on our lives. And I don't know about you, but this has been a year that I had a lot of things planned that I wanted to do. Um, And I still got a lot of them done because I said, if I'm going to start a journey, I have to finish it. And a lot of people, I think this year, were going through a time of, you know, not going outside, uh, not working, uh, hardships, uh, depression, stress, all these things. And it made them forget what they really wanted to do for 2020. Um, But I can truly say that in doing this show, these past couple of episodes, I'm recognizing that even though we've been through so many trials and challenges during this year, a lot of people have still pushed forward to make their journeys reality, um, to make their dreams possible. And whatever they started last year, even this year, they're still doing it regardless of all the trials that they've seen. So I encourage you guys out there just to keep moving, keep pushing forward and even though your doors may be closed for certain jobs or uh, places of worship or wherever you're going, you know, your, your passion, your why, your purpose is still on the inside and it still should live on regardless of what's happening on the outside. So let's keep pushing forward out there. Let's keep hitting our goals. Let's continue to uh, move forward as a people. And I can guarantee you as we head into the latter portion of this year, things have to get better. We've already seen rock bottom uh, in so many places, but we are starting to see improvements in places as well. So Let's keep pushing forward and seeing improvements everywhere, and together we'll be a better people, a better place, and a better world. So that's my thought for today. I hope you guys receive that, and I'm looking forward to seeing how we all end 2020, hopefully on a higher note than how it started. Speaking of higher notes, I'm excited for my guest for today. She is a friend of mine, an old friend of mine uh, from Brown University. Bruno, you know, uh, the best I believe school. You already know that. Uh, And we actually went to school together and were in many classes together because we were psychology majors. Her name is Alyssa Mayers. And ever since she was 11 years old, Alyssa Mayers has had a passion for baking. Her first creation was sweet potato pie. She's been professing it ever since. After creating more and more desserts over the years, she founded Alyssa's Cakes in 2012 and transformed that into Born and Bread in 2015. Whereas head baker, she has created over a thousand desserts for cafes, restaurants, weddings, private events, and individual customers. Born and Bread specializes in premium home style desserts, including sweetbreads and muffins, brownies, cakes and cupcakes, cookies, and pies. Every dessert is created fresh to order by Alyssa using recipes perfected over years of baking. Born and Bread desserts are perfect for birthdays, brunches, showers, or any occasion best celebrated with something sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please join me in welcoming to the show, Alyssa Mayers. Alyssa, what's going on? Hey, Sean. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. It's like, I feel like I should be running down the aisle screaming. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You probably should be. You've done so many things. And, you know, we we lost contact for a while, uh, you know, after graduation, but I... I ran into you actually at a Office Max or one of those stores. I don't even remember. Sort of yes, room. it was yeah. right. Staples. It was Staples uh, in Brooklyn. It was and, um, you know, I forgot that you you lived in Brooklyn, and I I'm not from Brooklyn, but I've been here for the longest time, and uh, it was just great to reconnect with you. And when I recognized that you were doing um, this this business, I didn't know. I had no idea because you know when I knew you at school, we both were psychology majors, and we, we had that track together, and you know, mm-hmm. I remember us being in, in math, uh, our math class together. Yes. Like yeah. Oh my God. So <laughs> struggling those things together. So, you know, I, I, I knew you in that, in that realm, but when it came to baking, uh, yeah. I didn't know any of that. So I was excited to hear about this, 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 this journey for you. And, you know, I'm checking with anybody. My first question for you today is how are you doing? How have you been? 
um, with COVID-19, with work, and just everything happening around us in 2020. For sure, yeah. Things actually have been good. Um, I've definitely been affected with some grief and loss um, and some challenges, but, you know, it's been it's been slightly rejuvenating because I've been able to figure out what is important to me. And thank God I, I'm still employed. I have um, my business. I, I do work full time. So that's great to still have that stability in my life. Um, it is a little bit of a challenge to balance both things. But because of this pause, I have to say, I've been able to really just um, time, figure out time management a little bit better and just be able to create with some space in my life without pressure of running around and having to do so many things and feeling like I have all of these responsibilities and competing priorities. And it's been really refreshing to see how things can grow when you just make time for them and create some balance in your life. And so during this time of, uh, of COVID and this season that we're in, I've been able to just sit down and just stop and think and be more creative and, and allow myself to just um, figure out how to, how to get all the things that I want to get done accomplished. So it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's very challenging and sad in the beginning, challenging in, in, in more of a, in a, a psychological space, an emotional space. Um, nothing really changed in my day-to-day except for the fact that I wasn't commuting to work. Mm-hmm. But um, emotionally, it was hard, you know, like, I, I'm a baker who bakes through the flow of energy. And if there isn't positive energy flowing, it's just hard for me. And so in the beginning, I was like super excited because I was like, oh, I'm going to have time. But then it was just sad. And I didn't feel that the positive energy I needed to, to get that baking going. But then I just centered myself and said, you know what? I love to bake. Like, I love to bake. And I know it's, it's funny that I... Um, most people actually didn't know that I was a baker um, pretty much my whole life. But I love to bake. It's something that just like brings me joy. It focuses me. It allows me to clear my mind. And it's been something that has been my, my therapy throughout this time, throughout my life, really, but throughout this time. So my kitchen is, is my couch, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you're going to therapy and lying on a couch, yeah. that is, that's what I've been doing during this season. It's been amazing. That, that is incredible. Now I, you know, I, I I know that you were a psych major at Brown as I was, but I don't know exactly when you started baking or when this transition started for you. So, what was your professional or your journey in general after Brown to where you are now? Okay, so I guess I should say that I have two sides to myself. Um, I have my academic side and then my baker side. So my journey was largely academic, went to Brown, studied psychology and Africana studies, went on to grad school, um, did counseling psychology for graduate school, um, decided not to complete my PhD very late in my doctoral program, but it was during that time, that's when I really decided to make a shift. And it was um, inspired by one of my coworkers. I was working at the, I was going to school at the University of Maryland in College Park. Um, doing my doctorate in counseling psychology, and I was working with an upward bound program. And uh, one of my colleagues uh, was this older woman. Her name is Marcia Roper. She lives in Trinidad now. Shout out to her. Because she was the one that told me that I should be a baker, basically. I would always bring in like cakes and cookies and pies and things like that to work just because, um, you know, I would bake them at home and then want to bring them in and share them. And she mentioned that they were very good. And she said, you know what, why don't you just do this? And I said, you know what? Okay, I will. So I started um, just selling or baking three things. And I was still doing my, my, my doctoral program, still wanted to be a psychologist. Um, but then I started exploring this other side and this entrepreneurial side. And I've always wanted to own my own business. That was since I was, was 11 years old, and my fifth grade teacher at the time inspired that through this very amazing experience that we had, this rites of passage program um, that I was a part of called African Womanhood is Mine. That planted the seed of entrepreneurship. 
from 11. And then it wasn't activated until I was older, <laughs> much later in my 20s, um, when this coworker of mine inspired me and sort of was just like, you should just do it. So I started that very slowly. And then I realized at the same time somewhat that I don't want to be a psychologist. I honestly just wanted to develop programs for the community, youth programs, basically. And I knew that understanding uh, where people are developmentally and understanding their psychology would help create those programs. So if I sort of unpack that, I realized at the end of the day, I just wanted to create experiences for people, like very meaningful experiences. And that could be uh, in the form of a program, and that could be in the form of something that they're eating and enjoying. So if I kind of just pour that into what I'm doing, I can create these experiences for people that are amazing, whatever, whatever it is, whether they're going out and exploring a youth program or whether they're going out and exploring this pound cake that I just made for them. Mm -hmm. So um, I started the, the business and but still wanted to continue on with developing programs. So I still did that. You know, I just, it's something I just can't let go of. And eventually they will merge. I have plans for that, um, how to bring both of those things together. But I launched the business and still wanted to continue on with my full-time program development job because, you know, benefits are great. <laughs> you know, getting paid every two weeks is also great. Um, so I continued on in that path and just tried to balance both. And just started very small with like three offerings of desserts. And then that, that slowly grew. Um, I moved back to New York. So that was a little bit of a, a change. And then I had to restart here in New York and then establish myself here. So it's, it, I did, the journey did not include any formal training in culinary arts. Um, I did tell my mom that if I didn't go to Brown, I'd probably go to culinary school. But um, I didn't. I ended up at Brown, and I'm so happy about that. But my journey was one of figuring out how to translate the things that I've learned in formal training to, to the business of baking. And I realized that I can bring those two things together. So that's been my journey. It's, I'm still on it, though. Still on it. But it's, mo it's very non-traditional. Baker. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's an incredible story. Just the fact that because I also considered psychology programs, and I actually I don't I never told you, but I applied to a program at the end of our senior year. I applied to Howard's Society program, and um, oh my gosh, so did I. Yeah, I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely did not get in, but I did apply, and. Um, you know, I, I look back on that experience and I recognize I did it because I think it was what we were encouraged to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And you know, I applaud you for going to the program, recognizing that it's not what you wanted to do and still finding your way to do what you want to do in the end anyway, just your, your path of getting there. Um, I think a lot of people get caught in um, wanting to do something and then get this, getting discouraged and not doing anything at all. But you knew you wanted to get to a destination and whatever your path to get there, whether it was grad school or, or baking, it's, it's, it was going to happen regardless. So mm -hmm. you know, kudos to you for that, for, for, for making your way, making your path. And I am a firm believer in entrepreneurship and, and ownership. So that by itself is, has always been a goal. And, you know, I, I applaud you for, for taking that stance and, and making a way where a way wasn't, wasn't, wasn't even there, wasn't even, you know, in, in its place. Well, yeah. well done. Um, Thank you. Well done. So, so my question for you about the culinary school thing, and you kind of already answered it, but do you ever feel like in looking at your competitors or other bakers right now um, who have gone to culinary school, um, do you feel like they have an advantage over you? Or do you feel like you have to work extra hard or a little harder than they do in terms of the business aspect of, of baking? Well, to some degree, yeah, just because there are things that I haven't learned, you know, and I'm learning them sort of through trial and error. It's not that I can't explore formal avenues of education and culinary arts and, and business, but um, right now I haven't made room for that in my life. And, and I do feel that, you know, I, I am at a slight disadvantage, but at the end of the 
day, you know, this is a free market. So I feel like we all have something to offer. And while those that have studied formally in culinary arts and, and how to build like a food-based business, they have that, that understanding and that knowledge. I feel, you know, that there's still something special that I can bring. And I do feel like there's that, that lens of um, understanding human behavior and understanding experiences that I try to build into my business that maybe others don't do. But I do think that there is value in formal education and I do want to learn um, and explore some classes that I can take, but I don't feel disadvantaged, but I, I do think that there is value in that. And so I, I, I don't want to knock it at all. I do think that people should, you know, if you, if you are passionate about something, you should study it. And I think that's like the best way to express your love for that thing is to, to really learn it and, and sit down and study it. Um, so, but I don't feel disadvantaged in this market uh, where there's so many people who have gone to culinary arts school who have received formal training. Um, but I do think that I am a little bit behind the, the curve. And I think that that's just because of my personality more so than my, my understanding of culinary arts, just because I am not, um, super forward when it comes to like a business savviness, you know, that's just something that I just don't have right now. And I, I'm aware of that. So I'm trying to activate people in my life to support me with that because I know that I just don't have that. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, I just want to bake <laughs> and I want to give people delicious things to eat. And I know the business is part of it. And of course, like I said before, I've always wanted to own my own business. So I have to learn and I have to be um, on top of that side of things. But, you know, it, it, it requires a certain type of, of way of being that I don't always like. And when I see it, I'm like, mm, that's not me. Maybe I can bring in someone to support me with that. Um, but I, I would love to sit down and just learn more because that I love the spirit of entrepreneurship. And I do want to like formally learn it. So that's on the agenda on the long to do list. But um, I, I do feel slightly disadvantaged, but not in a way where it's going to really cripple my business. Gotcha. So, so segue, Alyssa's Cakes. Yes. What was Alyssa's Cakes? And how did it transition into born and bred? So Alyssa's Cakes was a quick and dirty way of getting started with a business. Um, I'd had no creative or, yeah, I'll just say it. I had no creative name for my business. And when I wanted to just get going, I said, okay, people know who Alyssa is. I want to start with obviously people that I know. And if I don't put my name on it, they're going to be like, who is this person trying to sell me these random desserts? So I decided to name it Alyssa's Cakes. I was mostly selling cakes at the time. But then I transitioned it to Born and Bread just because Alyssa's Cakes just sounded kind of ridiculous to me. <laughs> I didn't like the name. It sounds weird. Um, and a few people, you know, kind of like, you know, clown me about it a little bit. So I was like, all right, got to change the name. Um, <laughs> Born and Bread came out of just, uh, you know, being from Brooklyn. Um, shout out to Brooklyn, of course. Um, being from Brooklyn and just whenever I grew up, I mean, when I was growing up, um, I would, we would say, where are you from? Oh, Born and Bred Brooklyn, of course. So I was just like, aha, got you. And I'm going to use that name and just like change, you know, part of it so that it's bread that you eat and not bread like where you're from and, you know, who raised you and things like that. Um, so that was why, and I didn't want my name attached to it anymore also. I wanted it to kind of be like a feeling or something that like, you know, was emotional a little bit. Like when I, when I, whenever I say born and bred, I just like, you know, I'm like, oh, where are you from? You know, it's like a love for a place or a love for a thing. Um, so that's how that transitioned. I was just sat and I just thought about it for a while. And um, my social media handle is born and bred BK just because, you know, obviously, once again, I'm from Brooklyn. So I have to add that in. But with the with the business name itself, it's just born and bred because I want it to sort of be like a wherever you are thing. 
Got so that's it. how that happened. Love it. Love it. I love all of it. <laughs> now, is there a team who works with you or are you by yourself? And if so, who makes up your team? So it's just me right now. I'm a team of one. Um, I do everything and I am actively um, looking for people to, to bring on to do certain things. I had to do, I had to kind of pause that, unfortunately, because, well, right now, um, before COVID and before the quarantine, I was looking for people to join me with um, a kitchen prep, um, delivery, and other things like that. I'm still doing the delivery aspect, but the kitchen prep, I'm going to pause because, you know, I don't really want to invite anybody in right now but definitely looking for, to expand my team. And there's, there's obviously a, a, you know, a process to it. Um, right now I'm selling to individuals and to one business um, in Brooklyn. Uh, it's a Brooklyn, it's a tea shop called Brooklyn Tea. It's in Bed-Stuy, um, right at the, um, what is it? The Nostrand Avenue train station on the A and the C. Fulton and Nostrand. And so I sell my pies there and I'm looking for other businesses to expand into. And once I expand into at least three businesses, then I'll bring in a, a more of a team of people to um, support me with kitchen prep. The delivery stuff can happen almost immediately. I would love somebody else to deliver so I don't have to deliver, even though I love seeing people's faces and, you know, they're like, oh, you're Alyssa. I'm like, I'm Alyssa. And it's such a nice little moment. Um, but it is, you know, exhausting at times. And so I can, I can get help with that. But, you know, right now it's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying this by myself, but I really enjoy doing it, even though it is labor intensive and, and, and it can be tiring, but I like meeting the customers, talking with them, you know, really customizing things for them based off of conversations that we just have like I'm like oh I know this person likes vanilla let me put an extra dash of vanilla extract in this and if I didn't have that conversation and be the person producing things I wouldn't be, I wouldn't know to add that extra dash of love in it you know just for them so um it's exciting to be that person but I definitely need some more support <laughs> I am impressed by you as team one is still a team and it's an amazing team that you're doing together. Um, so how do you advertise? Uh, where's your clientele come from since you are doing everything? You know, how are you doing the business aspect and the advertising aspect of this business right now? Well, um, I mostly advertise through social media. Um, Instagram has given me a lot of love and business and a lot of people are supporting black owned businesses and that has i've seen an uptick recently for, just from that but before it was just um social media and like my friend group um i have to i have to also bring it back to give a huge shout out to um my my sisters um we call we call each other sisters because we were in this experience together um, called African Womanhood is Mine, which is an organization that was founded by my fifth grade teacher, Barbara Gathers. And she, um, shout out to PS235. Um, she was a teacher there and now she's retired, but she formed this group of 14, um, excuse me, 15 girls. And we went through this rites of passage program. And most of us are still very much in touch. And most of us are in Brooklyn still and, or in New York still. And they have helped activate me as well. You know, many of us have businesses of our own, so I've partnered with them for things. They've helped advertise. One of my friends who's from that group, she connected me to Brooklyn Tea, and that's how I started selling my pies to them. Um, so it's just been, you know, my village, really. And that's why I have to send a huge shout out to the people in my village, my family, my teachers, my friends, they have been the ones to like propel me through this. You know, I, and I also think it's because I have a good product, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not, you know, sometimes you just got to big up yourself. My stuff, you know, it tastes good. So when people eat it, they support and they share it. They share their testimony. They're like, this is good. Find her, <laughs> you know, buy from her. She, you know, has great prices. She delivers. It's fresh. Everything, um, is from the people that I know in my circle. So because of that, it's, I've gotten a lot of business and um, that's really it. I, I wish I could say more about marketing, <laughs> but 
It definitely has been um, the people in my life and, and definitely social media, being active on social media. Awesome. What do you think sets you apart from other small businesses in NYC, in particular small like baking businesses in Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's the personal touch. Um, I think it's important. People want to know um, that what they're eating is, is, well, first of all, they want to know what they're eating. Um, and secondly, they want to know that what they're eating is made from uh, a source that they can trust and rely on. And I, I don't think that, I'm not saying that other people aren't doing that, but I do think that because I am interacting with customers, um, customizing what they want and using fresh ingredients, I really try to make my ingredient list small. You know, I don't need to add a bunch of things to make something taste good. I'm a bit of a purist, so I try to just like honor the main ingredient. Like if I'm making a sweet potato pie, you should taste sweet potatoes. You shouldn't just taste a bunch of sugar. So I try to really be mindful of, of the things um, that I'm putting into the products that I'm making. Uh, so I think it's that combined with the personal touch. And then also, I, I really do care about my customers. So I'm just like, okay, do you have any um, health concerns? You know, maybe I should cut the sugar in half for you. Um, you know, I try to really talk to people and, and get a sense of where they are right now so that I can make a product that suits them. So I'm, I definitely, you know, have, have my recipes and I stick to them generally. But if I hear something that someone is like, oh, I'm, you know, um, I just had a baby and I, I, I need to lactate more. I'll find what products I can infuse into my desserts to help um, stimulate lactation. And it's very simple, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll, give, I'll tell you right now. It's um, brewer's yeast and flax meal. And you can just add that to like brownies or cookies. And I've heard that um, I've made a few um, lactation brownies and cookies. And they've actually helped women a lot. So that was like another thing. I was like, okay, well, maybe I have a line of lactation products now just by doing a little bit of research to help out people. So um, I think that's what sets me apart. I'm I'm really, really concerned about the customer, the experience, and then how to make a product for them that meets them where they are. Wow. I don't know if I've ever heard of a small business catering whatever they're selling, cakes or food or what have you, directly to their clients based on what their needs are. Uh, that, that is a personal touch for sure. That, that is incredible. Um, that, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's <laughs> Thank incredible. you. And yeah, I would see it, how that would set you apart from anyone else. I mean, that by itself would, you know, you can touch so many families by that. One family sees that and then they tell their aunt, their uncle, their cousin about how great that experience is and that, you know, before long you've already touched and reached out to a number of people in that one family alone. So that is probably the best advertising you could do, um, especially for your business. Uh, so you have a number of things that you say you specialize in, uh, sweetbreads, yes. muffins, brownies, cakes. What's the one thing, you know when you go to a store and they say, oh, what, what's, the, what's the thing I should get? What's the best thing on the menu? What is the one thing that, that you do at Born and Bread that you say this, you have to have this. This is the thing you have to get. What is that for you? For me, um, is sweet potato pie. I mean, it's the thing that I made since I was a kid. It's the thing that I know how to make the best. I can, I can make that thing with my eyes closed. I can make it in a dark alley. Like it, it, I, it's, it's something I know how to make. Um, so I would say that, but I know that there are a lot of, you know, people who don't necessarily like sweet potato pie. I don't know why and who those people are, but, but any pie really. So I would say the pies um, are really the thing that you should have. I love sweet potato pie, so I don't know if <laughs> doesn't like it, but they're insane. <laughs> they <laughs> are insane. <laughs> it is the best. <laughs> uh, that's great. So I got to make sure I try that whenever I come to get my personalized order from. For sure. You know, I deliver. So there that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. <laughs> so what's the bigger picture now? Um, you're, you're, you're establishing yourself and you're doing really well. What's the bigger picture for business moving forward with, with Board and Bread? Yeah, so like I said before, I really want to expand into a few more cafes and shops or other businesses where I can sell product. 
Um, that would be one of my goals for this year. I know that one is going to be a hard goal. It was a goal that I set at the end of 2019, but I really want to try to still make that happen, even though I know a lot of um, businesses are going through some challenges now and may not want to bring in an outsider, but I still want to try to get that moving. But something that I've been doing that has been pretty awesome and I'm excited about that kind of just came out of this quarantine is an idea that um, a friend of mine and I um, sort of talked about like years ago and now we were just like, look, we gotta, we gotta do this now, which is, um, mindful baking classes. So mindfulness is, I'm sure you're familiar as psych major (laughs) is, is an aspect that I think a lot of people have just heard nowadays being thrown around like a buzzword, but it's really just, um, a way of focusing on how you respond to things instead of reacting so if you are like someone cuts you off in traffic, your, your immediate response would be to get upset, maybe to follow them. Let's not do that. But to just be aggressive and to like react and be mad. And not that like being upset is, is bad, but sometimes you can, you can lose yourself in that moment and you get caught up in your emotions and, and you end up feeling worse um, about yourself than you did about whatever the transgression was. So mindfulness allows you to sort of just like be in the here and now center yourself and, and, and I guess understand your emotions as they're happening without judging yourself and without judging them. And it allows you to just be in the process. It it can really help with reducing depression, anxiety, and it can even help you cope with social isolation. So we want to employ the act of mindfulness with baking. So I'm the baker, of course, and my friend April, she's the mindfulness expert. And we go through this process where we bake something. So like we do, we did banana bread. So we do banana bread. um, We're doing it through Zoom. And we guide people through the practice of, um, you know, making the bread, but then infuse these mindfulness practices, meditation, um, deep breathing exercises, focusing on certain aspects of what you're doing. So like if you're mashing the the bananas, how does your arm feel? Is it burning? Yes. Okay. Let's sit down and now do a stretching exercise to release some of that tension in your arm that you just experienced from mashing the bananas. And let's smell the batter. What do you, what do what comes to mind when you're smelling all of these fresh, bananas with the sugar and the cinnamon, like what comes to mind? How do you feel? Take that in, sit with that. You know, so that's what we've been doing. Um, And we're building out more classes and a whole thing around that, to be honest with you. So that's been exciting. And that's like a new um, avenue for my business. And that's, I think, how I'm going to merge the two things, the psychology and the baking. So I'm really excited about that that because I'm always wanted to merge those two things but also I love teaching you know that's just something I've always enjoyed so that allows me to kind of just be myself in a moment of um, doing something that I love so that's what's on the horizon that's great I love the merge I love the collaboration of again what you've learned and putting that into you know, your, your baking track right now, it's its what you want it to do. And I think it's going to be a great thing. Um, I talked about mindfulness in my book, actually. I wrote a whole chapter on mindfulness. I took a couple of classes on mindfulness when I was studying for my board exam. And I think it's great. I think it is a really great um, practice for everyone just to recenter, uh, recalibrate, and make better decisions um, with clearer thoughts. So the fact that you can put that with baking, which by itself is very cathartic and very relaxing, um, yeah. I think it's going to be a success. So I'm excited for that for you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be great. Uh, last question before the break. So I, you know, I, I had the pleasure of meeting um, Cake Boss, who's you know is one of the the city uh, bakers, and there are a number of shows that are uh, out there, baking shows on Food Network, what have you. Um, do you feel like and you're in your current position right now as an owner of a baking company that, you know, these TV or instant sensations are necessary to move forward as a successful baker? Um, or do you think that you can do that without having to be on these bigger platforms? Well, I do see value in them. Um, you know, I feel like everybody has a lane and 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the phrase stay in your lane because that is a lane for some people. And I, I think there's huge value in it. You know, you, you're, you're propelled onto this national or international stage. You get a lot of visibility and now people see what, what you can do and they remember your name and remember you for what you're doing. You might even develop, you know, gain some fans out of it, depending on how the show goes. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. I think it's really helpful. Um, I do know people that have been in those shows and have gained success, like quick success from it. But um, that's just, that's not a lane for me, just because it's, it seems, um, um, how can I say this? It seems like there is a, is a, it's a huge sacrifice that you have to make. And not that I'm not about sacrifices, but I'm more about balance. And I feel like there's um, a little bit of an unbalanced lifestyle that you have to live for a long period of time that I don't personally want to, um, you know, invite into, into my life. Uh, but I do think that those shows are amazing. I love them. I watch them all the time. Um, but I, I don't think that you need that to be successful unless you want to be, um, you know, I guess a baker who is known for, you know, being able to make a wedding cake in an hour, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be known for that. I, I want to take my time, smell the batter, meditate you know i don't want someone screaming at me 10 minutes left like i don't need that <laughs> so <laughs> it can be it can be stressful um so that that's the part of the those shows that i i don't really connect with mm -hmm. but i see the huge value in it for for businesses i think it's great for people who have an, a very established business local business and want to grow in a, in a larger direction um, but I, and, and not that I'm saying I, I don't want that. I do, but I just want it to be more paced and measured. And I'm happy with, you know, the tortoise pace that I'm at instead of being the hare. They, they ended up both finishing the race in different ways, but I prefer the tortoise, <laughs> the tortoise life. So that's where I am. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with more Listen Mayors and be more today's show right after these messages. What's going on, folks? We're back in the building, episode 22 of the Be More Today show. I'm here with my Brown alumni, 03 member, Alyssa Mayers, uh, owner of Born and Bread in Brooklyn. Uh, she is fantastic, phenomenal, just sharing about sweet potato pie and her work uh, in Brooklyn, sharing her love for baking and mindfulness, putting those two things together and making the world a better place. Alyssa, so happy to have you on the show today. And uh, my question for you right now is very simple. We're asking everybody that we see about our phrase, be more today. It's our mantra, it's our motto. And I think it's something that really resonates with everyone, but everyone's take on it is different. So when you hear the phrase, be more today, what does it mean to you? Well, that actually brings me back um, to my church, to be honest with you. Uh, something, that, some, something that they say in the sermons all the time is that you wake up, you thank God, and you thank you thank God for allowing you to get make another attempt to get it right, you know? So I interpret that as just be a better person. Be better than you were yesterday. You're, you're here today. Today wasn't promised to you, but you're here. And now you're here to just be better than you were yesterday and be, and be for those who believe in Jesus Christ, um, be more like, be more Christ-like. So that's what that means to me. So every day I wake up, I thank God. I'm like, all right, today I have another day to try to get it right. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So um, it also means like not to live in a place of fear, you know, to just believe in a better version of yourself. So if you live in a place of fear, you cannot be better. You, you're just, you know, consumed by that, that, that fear of, of doing anything. So that's where, what I think about when I think of be more today. Just be better and be thankful. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Now, you and I met uh, in school when we were about 18 years old. Um, yes. What advice do you wish someone had shared with you when you were 18? Oh, man. So, so much. But <laughs> one thing I would say is, well, well okay, two things. 
first, get job experience. That's important. Um, you know, I think uh, when I was starting college, I was like so into academia and just like being a student forever. And I, one of the th reasons why I left my doctoral program is because I realized I didn't want to be a psychologist. Now, if I had gained some job experience or some, some, you know, perspective on what that was before diving into it, maybe I would have taken a different path. And I appreciate all the things that I learned from the path that I did take. Um, it really has infused what I'm doing today. But I would have told my, my 18-year-old self that. And also just like, not that I wasn't this way, but be bold about your decisions and be disciplined at the same time. I feel like I was very bold, but I wasn't very disciplined um, when I was 18. Disciplined, yes, in the fact that, hey, I was, you know, in this amazing school and I was very educated and intellectual, but not disciplined, like, in, like, making decisions around um, the future of what that means, like how do you apply all of this like intellect and how do you apply all of this to something that you want to build? Um, so I would have, I would have told my 18 year old self that just be a little bit more disciplined and get job experience. <laughs> I hear that. What's one thing that you have on your bucket list? My bucket list, man, you know, I don't even like have a bucket list, but I feel like my bucket list is more like a, a, a theoretical thing about like building amazing moments. Like I just want to have like just moments that are just amazing, whether it's if it's just within like, you know, one snippet of a thing. But it's really just about moments. It's not like, oh, I want to like, you know, sail around the world or, you know, um, go skydiving or something. But I just want to, I don't know. I just want there to be more love in my life, more love, more love and peace. That's my bucket list, to be honest with you. It sounds kind of corny, but like, I just feel like there's so much to do all the time, like for all of us. Mm -hmm. That we just like have to just like sit down and like feel like the, the love and the energy that's around us. And my bucket list is to try to like harness that in a way where you can really like see it and touch it and feel it. Um, so it's not just floating all around, but it's something that I can activate and, and use wisely in my life to propel myself, but also to like bring people with me. You know, I'm all about a crew. You got to bring people with you and there's nothing, you're nothing without those people, to be honest with you. So that's really my bucket list, that love and peaceful energy, activate that somehow. That's a great answer. I've heard a lot of people say, I want to go to Tahiti. I want to go to Africa. I want to <laughs> you talked about you want love and you want to yes. be with you in that loving environment to make experiences and moments. I mean, that's, I think that speaks uh, you know loudly to the person you are um and and your character and um you know your, your loving kindness and even your 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 uh, attraction to psychology and that that study of making people better mentally um and holistically i think that all makes sense when you talk about your bucket list so I'm not surprised by your answer at all but one of the better ones i've heard on the show hey <laughs> <laughs> thank you so I, I wrote this book called Be More Today, A 40-Day Guide to a Better Version of You. And in the book, I, I talk about a number of things. Um, but we have these steps to greatness that, that are called our S2Gs. One thing that we have to start, start doing, one thing we have to stop doing, and then one goal for the year, or for the month, or for 2020. So what's one thing that you have or wanted to start doing uh, this year? Um, I want to invite more of like, a meditative practice into my life. Like I want to have a routine, like a morning routine where I get up, I center myself, I meditate, I pray, I stretch, you know, I do some, some sort of like level of extreme self care in the morning. I, I, I used to have a morning routine somewhat mostly based on like commuting to work. So I get up, you know, I shower, I'd make a smoothie, I eat breakfast and then I'd be off. But um, now I'm just like, 
that's kind of lame, you know, that, that little thing, like, oh, you made a smoothie. But I want to do more. I want to, like, really be intentional about how I am starting the day. Like, I think the morning is a really special time of the day. Um, and there's so much, like, energy in the morning that you don't see in the rest of the day. Um, that's why sometimes I just like to get up really early and just like listen to what's happening outside because it's just, I don't know, the morning has always been a special time for me. Um, so I want to figure out how to just be more disciplined around like having a morning routine and starting the day with, with that energy and harnessing it so I can like put it back into myself and, and be more, um, loving of myself in the morning so that the rest of the day, at least I know I took care of myself. <laughs> that was the first thing I did. So that's what I want to start doing. Great. What's one thing you want to stop doing? Um, I want to stop saying yes to everything. I am a yes person. I'm like, okay, sure. Mm -hmm, sure. I'll do it. No problem. Oh my gosh. That is exhausting. My goodness. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to stop saying yes. I'm not going to be like a mean person, but, um, you know, I just want to like set boundaries. Let me just say that. Set more boundaries. That's what I want to say. I want to, I want to start doing, but stop saying yes. Yeah, that was actually one of my stops <laughs> to you too, because I'm, I'm the same in that aspect. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get, I'll do that. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that too. I'm like, well, I, I can't do all this stuff. Exactly. Um, you want to, you want to do this stuff, you know, because sure. you're able to do it physically, but you know, the taxing mentally and emotionally, whatever else can be, can be an issue. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, I share that with you. And then, <laughs> and then one goal that you may have already accomplished and you may have for 2020. Um, one goal that I have for 2020, um, is business related. It's really about like expansion mm. and, and right now I don't have like a firm foothold on what that's going to look like just because things are so up in the air now, but I know that there's growth on the horizon that I want. Um, and definitely like I mentioned before, I want it to be like expanding into a new business space. Um, you know, having more business to business interactions, but then also like growing this mindfulness baking um, class aspect of the business and really figuring out how to make that more of a thing too. So those are my goals, but like, those are like business goals. And I feel like I can rattle off like 15 more business goals, but I guess my goal for myself is to really just feel comfortable in like the ambiguity of life because there's so much uncertainty and I feel like, you know, I've been thriving in this season of COVID, which has been extremely uncertain. And if I can thrive in this crazy mess, then I should be able to like thrive in anything. Like what was I doing before, <laughs> you know, when things were supposedly going right in the world, in the world. So it's like, yeah, I need to just like, be comfortable with the ambiguity of life because this is the most amb ambiguous time that I've ever lived in. And if I can like be happy and wake up and smile and still have a business and still have like a roof over my head, thank God I, I can pretty much do most or anything. So I just have to, I want that to be a real goal of mine. Just like, you know, living in the gray area and thriving in the gray area. Mm, mm. Fantastic. Awesome and incredible. Listen, what are some final tips that you want to share with any listeners who may be up and coming bakers, entrepreneurs, any advice you want to share with people who are trying to be where you are um, or supersede where you are? Well, I would tell them, know that you have a product that you sell and just be firm in that. Yes, take in the advice and suggestions of people, but know that what you do is what you do. You know, like I said, when we started, this is a free market. If you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. And that's okay. Like you don't have to do everything and you don't have to feel badly about not doing everything. Like, oh, why don't you do vegan? Why don't you do keto? Because I don't, okay? Like... <laughs> Just, just say that to the, to the customers, not with an attitude, but you know, 
just be okay with being like, you know what, I don't do that, but this is what I do. And I do it so well. And I know that you'll love it. So just be, be confident in what you do and, and don't feel like you're missing out because you don't do something that somebody else does. Mm. Mm. Great answer, Alyssa. Where can people connect with you on social media or otherwise other platforms? Where can they find you and your amazing born and bred company? Well, you can find me on social media. That's the easiest way to find me on Instagram or Facebook at born and bread BK. And that is like the bread that you eat. So B-R-E-A-D, born and bread BK. Awesome. Awesome. Alyssa Mayer, thank you so much for joining us on the Be More Today show. Episode 22 is in the books and it is thanks to you. And I'm going to pay an order in for my sweet potato bread, I think probably. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I'm all about it. I can't wait. I can't wait. So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thank you for having me. Not a problem. And brown all day. You already know. Yes, yeah, go Bruno. <laughs> Our quotation today again, folks, is simple by Tony Robbins. The only impossible journey is the one you never begin. It's like Alyssa said, go out there and put your product out there. And, you know, you do what you do. And they're going to like it or they're not going to like it. But as long as you like it, it will be successful. You put your passion into it. It's going to make it and you will make it too. So thank you so much for joining us today for the Be More Today show. Again, if you want to follow us, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Our website is bemoretoday.com. That's bemoretoday.com for our music, our book, our podcast information. And you can also find us on YouTube on our Be More Today page on YouTube for our workouts that we've been putting out there for the last couple of weeks with COVID happening. Uh, go on there and follow our workouts. They are uh, incredible, inspiring, and will keep you always on the move. Be More Today's show can be found on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, and Google Play. And right now we are heard in 11 countries. So uh, thank you for all your support. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support us financially, you can go on there and support us on our support page. Uh, everything, everything you give us is appreciated. Uh, and if not, then we like just love hearing back from you guys. So send us things on our email. That's bemoretoday at gmail.com. That's bemore2day at gmail.com. Or you can message us on any of our social media platforms. We will greatly appreciate all messages and loves and messages that you give us about what you want to see. And if you've just been blessed by Hearing the guests on the show, we're 22 episodes in. We've had a lot of people share a lot of things. Uh, so just give us some feedback on that. We really appreciate it. The Words for Life, Volume 3 is out. So please go out there and check it out, folks. It's a great um, uh, piece for inspiring words of comfort and healing during this time. So check that out for my music pro uh, producer, Terrence Farrell. And for those who just want to continue to follow us and be more today, We'll see you next week on every Monday. We have our shows out with new people. So people who are ordinary people doing extraordinary things. That's our goal for this year. And we're going to continue to highlight that for the rest of this year. Until then, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace. Living life with nothing to prove. I'm going to.